0: I'm Linda and I'm Craig and this is the Indie Travel Podcast episode 62 at com.
1: We're still on the Isle of Wight this week we've really been enjoying it and in fact by the time you listen to this we'll hopefully have walked around about four-fifths of the island we're pre-recording this show on Monday and tomorrow morning we are planning on beginning walking
0: yeah it's going to be great it's a five-day walk I think it's 112 kilometers around and it's oh, it's going to be so much fun. Apparently it's quite up and down, so it could, could be quite a challenging walk, but we're really looking forward to getting out again.
1: Yeah, the time estimates we've seen are giving us between six and seven and a half hours a day of walking.
0: Yeah, and that's only for kind of 20 kilometres. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it should be quite interesting. It'll be really great to get out and walk again, because I feel like I've been getting very lazy. We don't do a lot of exercise.
1: <laughs> so by the time you uh, hear this, hopefully we'll be in the northeast quadrant of the island, um, around Seaview or Bembridge, I think. So we'll be following the coastal path along. Yeah, should be good. Our affiliate of the week this week is World Nomads Travel Insurance. Um, the reason I'm excited about this is not only that they give good insurance, they're the insurance company that we use when we're looking for travel insurance, but they've given us free language guides and phrase books to give away.
0: Yeah, we really like this website because most um, travel insurance companies require you to have a home and since we don't it makes it quite difficult but this one they're they're good for backpackers because you can just sign up for two weeks or a month's worth of um worth of insurance and it doesn't matter where you start from or where where you're finishing
1: yeah that's right so we've got these language guides to give away um to get to them go to the home page com, click on the shop link at the top and near the top of that page um there's a link to these. There are absolutely no strings attached. You don't need to give away any personal details or sign up to anything. Um, You can just choose the ones you want. So we've got Arabic, Chinese, Mandarin, French, Hindi, Indonesian, Italian, Japanese, Lao, Malaysian, Portuguese, Russian, Spanish, Thai, Turkish, and Vietnamese. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So as I said a couple of weeks ago, I think we're be making a beginning on learning Spanish so we downloaded the Spanish uh, language guide and it was quite fun eh? yeah,
0: it was really cool it was very interactive.
1: So yeah so we're happy to be able to um, to give you those and so come and download them. they're free. Today we're talking about 10 things to look for when choosing a hostel or a hotel.
0: Yeah, we've talked about hostel booking sites before and we're going to talk more about them next week. but there's quite a lot to think about when you're going to actually book a hostel online. First of all, is the price. That's the thing I always look at first. You do your search, well, you need to first of all think about where you're going, but I'm assuming you already know that. So you enter in the details of which city you're going to, and it will come up with a whole bunch of different hostels, hopefully, that have availability on the dates you need. And price is a very important thing. Of course, you can't compare the prices of a hotel in in Thailand with the prices of a hotel in France, because they're going to be quite different. You need to think about what's suitable for the place you're going to. And comparing within the, the options you're given is a good idea. I usually um, click the button which sorts the, the results according to price. So you can see what the cheapest one is and what the most expensive one is at a glance.
1: I do the opposite. I normally click the button that sorts the hostels by rating. And I look for something that has the top sort of three to five ratings in a city. With most hostel booking engines, people are able to go back on after they've been there. And rate the hostel normally on a scale of 1 to 5 or 1 to 10 for different aspects like cleanliness fun security um, things like that so I normally go into the ratings and click on that and then aim to choose something in the top three or top five for the ratings
0: yeah most of the time the rating is a percentage and uh... You know, I don't think I've ever seen anything that has a 100% rating, but something that's over 90% is very, very good. So what we often do is um, either sort by rating and then price or price and then rating. And then you get a, a good idea of the best hostel for rating and price. And we usually compromise. I mean, there's no point... Choosing a hostel just because it's the cheapest, if it's got a rating of fourteen
1: percent. Yeah, what is a cutoff, I guess is about seventy or seventy five percent is the lowest that we tend to go.
0: Yeah, I mean it depends on what there is because some
1: cities just don't have anything that's above yeah, sixty eight. So that's true. We
0: might have to go with the best one in the in the city.
1: Yeah, but we normally aim to get something eighty five plus, and yeah. we'll drop down seventy to eighty five percent if necessary.
0: Yeah, sometimes if you just take the third best one, you can get a much better price instead of taking the absolute best hostel.
1: And yeah, so look at those two things. Yeah, that's true. Um, The next thing on our list, number three, is the atmosphere. It's part of this rating system again. There's ratings for things like fun, and that kind of can help show you what the atmosphere of the place is like. If it's extremely high, if it's up in the 90s, then it's probably a bit of a party hostel. You can expect to have late nights, lots of drinking, lots of fun. Um, but sometimes you just need somewhere to sleep and you just wish people would shut up so you can sleep. Um, in that case, it's a good idea to go for something with a lower fun rating.
0: Basically, the, the rating system is on the front page of the um, of the hostel booking site. It will come up with a, an overall rating, say 84%. And then when you click through, you can sometimes see a breakdown of those ratings. And so you might see that the location is 98%, but the fun is only 65%. Craig and I often choose something that has a really great location, really great facilities, but we're quite happy for it to have a low fun rating. If you're looking for something that has great atmosphere and is really fun, has really buzzing, then look for something that has has a high fun rating.
1: Another thing that really affects atmosphere, I find, are the staff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you walk in, you've come off a night train, or you've flown in, or you've walked into the city, or you've been hitching, whatever, and you arrive, and the way the person on the front desk greets you really makes a big difference. Definitely. You walk into a place that's quite scody and get a big smile, and someone's really friendly, and they take you up to your dorm. And it's really nice. It makes a big difference. Other places look professional and they've got called corporate professional staff as well.
0: Yeah, and it feels quite plastic
1: and empty. Yeah. So have a look at information on the staff. And the way to do that is to look down in the comments section of your booking engine. Um, and just try and, try and get a feeling for what the place is like, what the atmosphere is like.
0: Another thing you might want to do is go to a couple of other websites to see what their ratings are. Like, if we're looking up something on hostelworld.com and the rating is 89%, I might flick over to HostelBookers and see what the rating for that hostel is. Another thing you could do is just do a Google search for the the hostel, and it will come up with um, results of reviews and other comments as well. So that can be a good way to get an idea of the rating and the atmosphere.
1: Mm. Number four of our ten things to look for (coughs) when choosing a hostel is location, location, location. Oh, it's
0: so important. I mean, we've stayed at hostels where we've had to walk for 45 minutes from the station because we didn't look at it, we just chose it on price and rating. Check out where your hostel is. Most hostel booking engines will have either a little map or directions included in the the information about the hostel. You'll probably be arriving to a station of some kind, a bus station or an airport or a train station. Is the hostel easy to get to? Is there a direct public transport link? Are you going to be arriving at a time when the public transport is running? Sometimes we'll just choose a hostel that's, you know, minutes away from the the station, just so we don't have to think about things like that.
1: Number five, is your hostel independent or is it a member of an organisation? Independent hostels are certainly my preference over large organisations like YHA or Hostelling International.
0: Yeah, we've definitely found that independent hostels in general tend to be and no more friendly, more interesting, and often more clean as well.
1: Yeah, YHA was, well, HI was really the the cutting edge of hosteling back in the seventies and eighties. But the market's been changing, and a lot of hostels now are more like boutique hotels yeah. with dorm rooms.
0: Yeah, I think YHA set a standard, and they they keep to that standard. But independent hostels have lifted the game a bit. They've, they've made them a lot, a lot more interesting, a lot di- more different to what they used to be.
1: Mm, so that's a really general statement, but it's what we've found to be true. Another but thing to think it about it,
0: that is, um sometimes you need to have an HI card or you need to be a member of the organisation to stay at a hostel, or there's a, an additional charge. So that's something to think about if it's a member of an organisation as well. Number six is dorm size. Oh yeah, now this is a biggie. Some dorms have 100 beds in them, and you're not going to get a lot of sleep if there are 100 people in there with you. So check out how big the dorm is. That information should be on the hostling site, but not always. Um, We always prefer to have a really small dorm. I think the best size is about four to six.
1: Yeah, I remember when we were backpacking up through the Yasawa Island chain in Fiji. They've got a, a backpacker's boat, basically, and you'll buy a ticket for a certain amount of days to go up the island chain and back down again. And we stayed at one of the party islands, and the dorm was unbelievably huge. Oh, yeah. It was. It must have been close to 100, if not more. But most people kind of spent the night drinking and partying and passed out at about three. Yeah, there were
0: people coming and going all
1: the time. Luckily, we had a private room, so it didn't bother us too much. Yeah, and that's a good point with dorm size. If the dorms are huge, it might be worth looking for a single or a double room um, in the hostel.
0: Yeah, or maybe another hostel has a double room for the same price as a dorm in a, in a different hostel. So that's something to look, about, look at. Or a single room if you're traveling by yourself. All right, number seven is dorm sex. Um, Yes, dorm gender. <laughs> Who can stay in the dorms? Most hostels have mixed gender dorms. So whoever books in is staying there. Some have dorms specifically just for female only and occasionally they have male-only dorms, but that's not so common. Some hostels... Segregate completely. So, females stay in one dorm and males stay in another dorm, and sometimes it's not easy to find out. Like when we went to Liechtenstein, we turned up and we thought we were staying in a dorm together, but then we got put on other sides of the hostel. <laughs>
1: yeah, with the locked door between them. Yeah, we're like,
0: okay, bye. <laughs> um, that's actually quite common with HI hostels, we've noticed. Mm, as well. That's true.
1: Number 8 um is to check out what extras are included. Sometimes these lists are very short and sometimes they're very very long. Yeah. Um Linda what do you look for?
0: Um I always look to see if breakfast is included because that can be quite useful. Are sheets included? Some places don't include sheets and if you're not traveling with a with a sleeping bag or they don't let you have a sleeping bag then that can be quite a big thing. Um Wi-Fi I know that's one that you always look for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm constantly on the lookout now for an internet connection. If there's no internet in the hostel, it's probably not going to get my vote for where we're staying. Yeah,
0: we usually don't stay somewhere that doesn't have Wi-Fi. Some places include a free beer on arrival, which is quite nice. And um, We've stayed in hostels where they, they gave you dinner. That's yeah, cool. Absolutely. It's not very common. Uh, And some places will collect you from the station or airport, so that's quite a big extra. If you need it, then it's really useful.
1: Yeah, especially if you're flying into a city where you don't feel very comfortable, you don't feel very safe. Um, Places with dodgy taxis. It's really nice to have um, someone coming from the hostel that will come and pick you up.
0: Number nine are the facilities that the hostel has. Does it have a kitchen? If you're planning on self-catering and you're staying in a place that doesn't have a kitchen... That can be a big thing
1: Mm, bread and cheese yeah
0: we were quite surprised when we came to Europe actually because in New Zealand almost all the hostels have a kitchen it's just part of the facilities they all have so when we came over and found that we were staying in a hostel in Rome I think it was and there was no kitchen we were like oh okay what do we do now
1: yeah that was one of our first experiences wasn't it of European hosteling yeah and yeah it's so different
0: I always find it useful if there's a book exchange they don't always advertise that on the hosteling booking site, but oh, I really always want to exchange my books. Mm, and
1: I'm always on the lookout for a bar.
0: Yeah, although it doesn't really matter if the hostel has a bar because there's usually one within walking distance. <laughs> That's true. And there might even be a swimming pool or a spa. Or there's all sorts of additional extras. One place we stayed at was it, in Thailand. I think there was a sauna. That mm, was cool.
1: That was awesome. Okay, our last thing, number 10 of our top 10 things to look for when choosing a hostel are exclusions and added costs. Where are they going to hit you for cash? Well, if they're going to charge you for sheets,
0: that can be a big thing. Um, Breakfast, well, if you don't want to have breakfast, that's fine. But if you're expecting breakfast to be included and then it costs you an extra €8, that can be a bit of a a challenge. Sometimes they charge you for showers. They are probably not going to advertise that on the hostel side, but um, check the comments and see if anyone mentions that.
1: Yeah, one good tip with breakfast is that hostels normally make quite good money out of the breakfast they provide. So if it's not free, I'd recommend grabbing some coffee sachets and in the morning just asking them for some boiling water. And um, using their freely supplied boiling water, you can make a cup of coffee or make some tea and then Head out into the wild, wide world to find your breakfast. Yeah,
0: pastries or fruit or something like that, you can be easily found. We mentioned before to, to check the comments on other sites. And um, also, another thing to do is have a quick flick through the other hostels on the hostel site to see what they say. If all the other hostels say that they have 24-hour hot water, for example, and the one that you're looking at doesn't mention that at all, then that's something to think about. It probably doesn't have 24-hour hot water.
1: Yeah, when we're staying in Brasov, which is north of Bucharest in Romania, um, this one hostel we were looking at um, had advertised 24-hour hot water. And that was at Kismet Dow. Yeah. You're looking at me questioningly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, But that was something really important.
0: Yeah, we didn't realise it. But um, apparently it was the only hostel in the area that could guarantee that they had 24-hour hot water. <laughs> yeah. And they did. It was very nice.
1: So you've looked at these top 10 things, only you know what's important to you, so weigh them up and choose. Now we've mentioned um, looking on hostel websites, so let me give you a quick rundown. There's um, hostelworld.com. There's hostelbookers.com. HI.org does the Youth Hostel Association, YHA and HI Hostels. And finally, you can also book hostels on IndytravelPodcast.com. Yay! <laughs> so you go to IndieTravelPodcast.com and click on the Hostels link, which is up in the main navigation at the top of the page. We've got all of the hostels that HostelWorld.com advertise, but we don't have all of their nice review features. Next week, we are going to be doing some reviews, though.
0: Yeah, so we'll be researching that over the next week or so and um, we'll tell you which ones we like the best.
1: Yeah, it was in June last year where we first reviewed hostel booking websites and June's come around again, websites have changed and updated the services they've got so we're going to be taking a fresh look at that and um, giving our recommendations.
0: As you know, on our front page of IndieTravelPodcast.com we've got a donation button so if you'd like to donate to us we'd really appreciate it. Some people have been donating so thanks to that, we really appreciate it.
1: One person's already donated, and since it's only the first week of the month, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, we'll send you out a postcard from the Isle of Wight.
0: We got an email from Claire in the USA asking for advice for independent travel writing. Well, we'd like
1: some of that advice too, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have it, um, you can send it to us, mail at indietravelpodcast.com. Um, I know that com, which is a site that I do some freelancing for, has quite a bit of information, hints and tips on independent travel writing. So you might want to check that out. Um, Also, Claire in Wales emailed us. She's um, heading to the North Island of New Zealand next year. I've got some ideas for her around Auckland, Rotorua, that kind of region. If you have some ideas for what Claire can do, then email them to me and we'll pass them on to her.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're from the North Island, so we've got a kind of a biased view. But if you've travelled there and you've had a good time, what did you enjoy the best? Let us know.
1: Do um, drop by the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com. We've got articles and video there. You can um, help us out by doing the listener survey. And um, pick up your free books, thanks to World Nomad Travel Insurance.
0: Well, I think that's about
1: us for this week. Until next week, travel well.